Turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew, the fifth chapter. While you're finding that, let me share a couple of things with you today. Our next session and the last one this year of Life Track begins Wednesday night, November the 1st. Now, what's Life Track for? If you're new to Calvary, you want to find out about all the ministries and how to get connected, you need to be in Life Track. Maybe you've been attending a while and said, Pastor, I'm ready to take it to another level. I want to be involved in ministry. I want to be a part of some of our volunteer teams, our dream teams here at Calvary. Life Track is how you do that. I want you to learn the value and the vision of our church. Uh, we'll share that. I'll teach a session. Our other pastors will. It's going to be an incredible time to learn how to get involved and get connected. And it's not mandatory, but if you'd like to be a member of Calvary, this is how you become a member. You can go through Life Track without becoming a member, but everyone that wants to be a member, Life Track is the way to get there. I'd love for you to find out about what's happening here and what's going on. So remember Life Track. Very important. Coming up November the 1st. Well, guys, we had an incredible season of kingdom builders. We prayed, we studied, we said, God, you know, what's the heart of God? We, we know it's to reach as many lost people as we can as fast as we can. That's God's heart. It's our purpose. We've read different scriptures every week about the harvest, about sending people to the harvest. And so we've been praying and walking with God and asking God what He wanted us to do. And then last week, this church family boldly, obediently, took these pledge cards, and if you haven't had a chance to do it last week, you can do it this week. Uh, after you hear this message today, you're not going to want to miss this. This is not for our guests. This is for our church family. Guests, you're just our guests. But I want you to, to know we took some big steps of faith. Now, we had a goal last week. How many want to know what happened? You want to know what God did last week? Okay, let's look. We had a goal, and we were praying that over the next 12 months, uh, Kingdom Builders is an offering. It's over and above our tithe that we as a church family prayed about, and we said, God, what could you do through us? If we dreamed, if we prayed, if you spoke to us, what could we do to, to do global missions around the world, locally with our Dream Centers? In fact, the Decatur Dream Center meets first and third Saturdays. They met yesterday. People were saved. There's a gentleman here today who was healed of asthma at the Decatur Dream Center yesterday. Just God... People were fed. Children were taken care of. That happens every first and third Decatur Dream Center, every second and fourth Lawrence County Dream Center. Just amazing. So Kingdom Builders, we had a goal. It's a big goal. I know somebody looked at me one day and they tried to be nice, but it was kind of like, Pastor, come on. In, in, in the next year, over and above the tie, they looked at me like I ate, you know, bad pizza on Saturday night and walked in here on Sunday morning. and you know. But, but that was our goal. It's a big, amazing goal. So what happened? All right, let's go. The next thing we did, so some people gave a one-time pledge. They said, at one time, I'm going to give, you know, it totaled up the one-time pledges uh, to give during the next year, 34143 But the majority of people said, Pastor, I, I want to give monthly. So over the next 12 months, this was pledged every month for the next 12 months. If you're doing the math fast, we want to hit 180. Look at the total. For the next 12 months, this church family, you ready? Put this up. Let's look at this. 241,000. Come on, let's praise God and have a little party in the house. Amen. Awesome. 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 Outstanding. Man, give somebody a high five on that one. Come on. What a response. Man, you guys are bad to the bone. Look at this. Faith. Blew up. Two hundred 
41,000. Hey, I believe I want to run with Edward right now. That is, whoo. Do you realize what that's going to do for lost people and victims of, of human trafficking and unreached people groups? and re- It just goes on and on. Amazing. And let me tell you, just like I promise you, this isn't just money to sit around in a bank account. This is going to, to, to spread the gospel locally and globally. Right now, this week, there's money already in South Africa to underwrite those 10,000 pastors to be in the conference we're doing. It's already there. It's, it's already there. We're not playing with this. You know those cards I had to flip last week and said those missionaries had to say, no, no, no. Well, guess what? This week I've been on the phone saying, yes, 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 yes. God did it through this church family. Man, it's been awesome. I mean, we are, uh, pardon me, I, I saw a girl shooting three points at a girls' basketball game, and her family was sitting beside me, and they looked at me, and they said, she's on it, doggone it. And I said, you're on it, doggone it. You guys just knocked it out of the park. I'm telling you. And it's amazing. I'm just overwhelmed. So I said, you know what? I, I thought 180000 was a lot of faith. Oh, pastor of little faith. You know, I asked God to forgive me. I, I'll have more faith next time. That's amazing. And I'm so excited. Now, now, you know, the proof is, do we do it? But I know that's going to happen because we have stepped into another realm. Because of this, you know, I, I, and I'm really excited about this, and it's, it's really God's way of doing things, because I've never, ever led you, taught you with a hidden agenda, with, you know, the other shoe going to drop, just transparent and up front. But what happened is we, as we look at this, and as I went through this week, and just said, God, what, what, do, what does this mean? You know, what's going to happen? Where, where do we go? This, the Holy Spirit began to take me through something that I've been so focused on kingdom builders for these last five weeks. You know, and, and the weeks leading up, I mean, praying, focusing, studying, just walking through this, praying, fasting, studying. God, what do you want to do? I, I knew the urgency of God. We talked about His heart for the lost. We talked about people waiting to hear the gospel. We talked about missionaries waiting to be sent. We talked about urgency. You know, Jesus said, don't, don't look at the harvest and say, in four months. He said, no, do it today. It's got to happen today. And I've been focused in on that. And, and, and you know, what, what God has done through this church family, guys, is a miracle. It's a miracle. You, you, you're looking at a miracle right now. And, and we're thankful. We're going to celebrate that. You know, you, some of you guys, you, you know, it ought to be a good day here at Alabama and Auburn. Both won yesterday. So everybody do, do a little hallelujah. Let's do a little praise the Lord. But, you know, they're going to play ball every Saturday. They're going to make touchdowns every Saturday. This doesn't happen all the time. I said, let's celebrate a little bit. You know, let's don't just walk through this. Let's, let's pause and celebrate. This is a testimony to your friends. Listen to me. I say this under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. This is going to be a testimony to your family. This is going to be a testimony to your co-workers. This is going to be a testimony in this region of what God is going to do through this church. And I'm going to tell you, God's pleased with you today. And I feel God smiling on you today. That's a good thing. Some of you never... And listen, you can't buy the favor of God. It's the obedience that pleases God. is, And that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God's smiling on you today. It's a victory. It's a testimony. People that have been praying, who is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Who's going to send us truth? Their answers are on the way. 
There's so many miracles that just domino off of this. It's an amazing thing. But I'm going to tell you something. God has given me a revelation, a rhema word for you today. Just set aside my other plan. And, and God showed me something. As I said, I've been so focused on this that I just overlooked. I just went right around. I, I did not think about the prophetic timing of what just happened here. I, I really, I have to be perfectly honest with you, I did not think about how the timing of God has aligned us as a church family with more blessing than you can ever imagine. So how many are ready for every blessing released on you and your family today? I'm going to tell you it's significant. So, Pastor, what do you mean? What's this alignment and what, what is this that, that's prophetic and, and, and that you miss? Well, I have so focused on this, I was not even thinking about how this coincided and aligned with God's prophetic calendar. Pa- Pastor, can you explain that to me? Absolutely. What does this have to do with us sitting here on a Sunday, what we did last Sunday, and where we are today about God's appointed time, about God's calendar. Well, I'm not talking about our calendar, the Gregorian calendar. I'm talking about the calendar God instituted for His people to follow and serve Him, the Hebrew calendar. And, you know, let, let me show you how this works. Uh, well, let me read a couple of scriptures to you. Let's go to, I've got Matthew 5 here. Let's look at Matthew 5 and verse 17. Now, you know I'm a pastor teacher, and that I, I'm usually going to give you a lot of scripture. We're going to work our way through a passage Make sure we get it right. But, but this is really just a prophetic word to you today. And so let me read a couple of scriptures to begin with, and, and then we're going to apply this. Matthew five seventeen. This is Jesus speaking. I want you to get this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. That's the Old Testament, the, the, the Jewish approach to God. Now, that was the Old Covenant, and Jesus came and shed his blood and said, I'm going to do what? A new covenant. So we believe in Christ. And, but watch what he says. Do not think that I have come to abolish. He said, my coming was not to say the Old Testament doesn't work anymore. My coming was not to say that the Old Testament has no meaning. What did he say? I, did not, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets. Watch. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So he said, what I've come to do, Jesus said, everything the law and the prophets foretold, I'm the fulfillment of it. Everything that was under the old covenant that was a shadow, I'm the fulfillment. I'm the real. So they're connected to me. What Christ has done for us fulfills these Old Testament pictures, gives validity and understanding to God's calendar. Let's go to Colossians and uh, chapter 2 and verse 17. Colossians 2, 17. Please turn there in your Bibles or find it on your device. I want you to see this very important. Colossians chapter 2. And verse 17, we find the same thing said again. Now, what's happened, uh, the letter Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, they're dealing with, you know, what do Jews do now that they're born again? What's a Messianic Jew? What's the law? What's the new covenant? What's grace? This is what he says about all those things, about, about their new moons and their Sabbaths and their festivals. Verse 17 of Colossians 2, he says, These are a what? Shadow of the things that were to come, the reality, however, is found in Christ. So he said all these things, these, this, these calendars, these, these events, these feasts that God instituted, they weren't Jewish feasts, he says they're my feasts, had a fulfillment in Christ. These are telling us something 
about what was to come. Okay? So, so watch this. So there are seven feasts, seven feasts that the Hebrew calendar operates around. And they are prophetic about what happens today. How many want to be in the right now, right time place for God in your life? So watch this. The, the Jewish feasts begin the year. We see that Christ is fulfilling these. They have validity. He's fulfilling these. They have a prophetic fulfillment today. We learn something from them. So the first one to begin the year is the Feast of Passover. I want to show you where we are today. How what we've been doing was just being led of God without consciously being aware of it. Aren't you thankful that when you love God with all your heart, that He's working when you don't even see it? What does the Bible say? The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered of the Lord. Right now, God has a plan working for you that you don't even know right now. Isn't that amazing? He's doing something for your good you're not even consciously aware of, but you're just saying yes to Him in a daily way. So the first feast is Passover. Passover is what? It reminds Israel of the great deliverance that when they were in Egyptian bondage, that they were to take the blood of a lamb, sprinkle it over the doorpost of their house, and that night a death angel, the tenth plague, would do what to their home as it came against Egypt? The angel would what? Pass over, and they would be spared and saved. How many are thankful today when you've asked Christ to be your Savior, and it's not just the lamb, but Jesus shed His blood, that when the blood of Jesus has washed your sins away and covers your life, that when the devil comes to destroy you or your family, what does the devil have to do? He has to... Pass over and you're blessed by the blood of Jesus. How many are thankful for that? So that's the first feast of the year. See, it was telling them something greater is coming. So on Passover, they remember their deliverance from Egypt and the blood was shed. But do you know what Jesus did on Passover day? The very day. Not one day before, not one day after, but at that very moment, he died on the cross. His blood was shed. The spotless lamb crucified on Passover. The next feast in the Jewish calendar, the Hebrew or God's calendar, began at sundown the next day. The Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar. Their day begins at sunset. Our days begin at sunrise. So at sunset of the following day, they buried him in a borrowed tomb on unleavened bread, the feast of unleavened bread. His body was sinless. Sin represented by leaven in Scripture. So he's crucified on Passover. He's buried on unleavened bread. Three days after he's crucified, he's raised to life. What do we call that day? Easter. But you know what feast that is? First fruits. Right on time. You see the prophetic timing of God. These weren't random or coincidental. They were prophetic to say something greater is coming. So he is crucified on Passover, buried on unleavened bread, resurrected on first fruits. And then there is this, uh, uh, this period of time, 50 days. And guess what the next feast is? Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit was outpoured on us. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, they were gathered together in one place. Do you think that was random or lucky or coincidental? No. God is walking the church right through these prophetic appointed moments. How many understand that? Okay. Pastor, what does this have to do with us? I'm getting you there. you got to see this. Because God did this for us these last five weeks and we didn't even know it was happening. But he's, I'm going to show you something amazing. So then there's the summertime. These first four feasts took place. And then the summer, what's happening in the summer? The harvest is growing. The crop is getting ready. God's fulfilling His Word. How many are thankful that while you're waiting for the next thing God does, He's blessing you because of the last thing you did? How many understand that right now? You're growing and processing. So we get to this next feast. Are you ready? And this one happened. It's called Rosh Hashanah. It occurred on September 21st of this year, 
just a few days ago, right in the middle of us getting ready for kingdom builders. We're studying and praying. I forgot about this. I didn't think about this. I'm so focused on this. But look at the timing and the alignment of God. So right in the midst of our study, prayer, preparation for kingdom builders, what did God do? We, on the Jewish calendar, on God's calendar, we stepped right over into a new year. The first day of that was September 21st. Now, I'm going to tell you in a moment. I can't now. Come back. There's a number given for every Hebrew year. The number for this new year is 5778. I'll tell you what that means in a moment. So then we, we see that happening. Something new. God, there's this cluster of the last three feasts that are intensely prophetic and strategic. Right during this time, we're walking with God. The next feast is Yom Kippur. It happened on Saturday, a week ago Saturday, October 30th. We came in here, I mean, sorry, pardon, September 30th. We came in the next day last Sunday on October 1st. Do you know those, the Jews, when they would celebrate Yom Kippur, that the next day, the first day, would be October 1st, would be last Sunday when we make pledges. It's one of their days of celebration and breakthrough and gratitude to God. Now, why? Because Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. It's the holiest day of the year for them. It's when they're made at one, atonement with God. And then, starting on October 5th, we're in it right now. For eight days is the Feast of Tabernacles where these things that God has done, the new year, the day of atonement, the blessings given, the curses broken. Now God's people gather for eight days and feast and celebrate and bring an offering to the Lord. And look to how God led us through this time. We lined ourselves up. We stepped into a new year. We, we obeyed God. We did what He told us. Yom Kippur. And now we brought an offering. And what are we doing? Celebrating the faithfulness of God. So, Pastor, so how does that work? Well, let me show you real quickly. I'll get back to Rosh Hashanah, the, the new year. I want to end with that, so don't forget that. It's incredible meaning. So what happened Saturday last week, the day before we made our pledges? I just wasn't thinking, but God was working. Again, how many are thankful when you're looking here, God's looking at the whole thing? How many understand that all you might be doing is walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but He already has a plan to bless you on the other end of this thing. Just keep walking. So what happens on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement? Here's what happens in essence. It's the one day a year where the priest goes in the Holy of Holies, in David's temple, the wilderness tabernacle, or the temple that Solomon built. And he goes into the Holy of Holies, and there he offers blood or atonement for the sins of the whole year for the nation of Israel. Now watch this. The, the priest will take a lamb. His blood is shed. With the other areas, other things done, but I don't have time. He goes into the Holy of Holies, and what he does, he sprinkles blood seven times in the Holy of Holies to release blessing and to break curses. Seven times it's done there. Now, what happened when he would do that under the law is that their sins would be covered. They weren't done away with, just covered for a year. But, you know, the Bible tells us now the fulfillment of that with Christ, that when Jesus died on a cross and shed his blood and presented it to the Father in heaven, are you ready? That one death by Christ ended it all. Nobody else ever had to die for the forgiveness of sin. And your sins were not covered. Come on, listen to me. What's better? My sins aren't covered under the new covenant. They are obliterated, wiped away, washed off my list, never to show again. They're not covered. They're gone. See how the fulfillment is better than the shadow. So, so the Day of Atonement, those things happen. Now, here's the amazing thing. 
I want to show you this. The priests went in. These blessings, because of what we've done in obedience and lined up by God. God lined us up and we didn't even know it. How many are thankful you're lined up? How many are thankful alignment positioned you for blessings? So the priest would go in to the Holy of Holies seven times. He sprinkles. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's awesome. Do you know that Jesus, on the way to the cross, bled in seven places? Perfectly to line up. Why? To release every blessing on your life. To break every curse of the devil. So that when you step into that new day, all that rests on you right now. Come on. How many are thankful for that? And we were aligned for that. Let me go through real quickly. He goes into the garden. And sometimes we miss this. And the Bible says he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane before they arrest him. Father, not my will, but your will be done. And the Bible says the intensity, the moment was so great that drops of blood like sweat began to fall on the stone where he was praying not my will but your will not my will but your will and as he's praying he's bleeding that blessing is starting and the curse is being broken and what does that mean for you and me well the Bible says to us that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind and I have good news for you somebody may have told you you're born that way you'll always think like that your father did it so you're going to do the same thing you've got a generational curse you've got a familiar spirit you've got a carnal nature. You can't break out of this. But the good news is, are you with me today? That when the blood of Jesus secured for you, washes over your mind, you can think good thoughts. You can make right choices. You can live in the will of God. There's no more reason why the devil said, you'll always be this way. I declare to you today, you will not always be who you've been. But you have a new mind, a new thought, a new pattern. The devil is a liar and you're blessed. And the curse is broken. I can't take that much time on all seven of these. So the next thing he does, he goes to, to the high priest's house. They condemn him with a mockery of a trial. And on the way to the cross, what do they do? They rip his robe off and 39 lashes from the cat on nine tails. And he took stripes on his back and bled. Why? The Bible says, by his stripes, you are healed. And he broke the curse of sickness and released healing and health in your life. Then they find thorns and they make a crown and ram it on his head. And blood flows from a thousand places. Why? Thorns are a symbol of the curse of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, thistles and thorns began to grow and make life hard. But I'm here to tell you the blood of Jesus shed on the cross says the curse of sin's broken off your life. And what was hard now is moved out of your life. The obstacles are gone and you're not the same person person you used to be. So then they take him to the cross and they nail his hands to the cross and he bleeds in the fourth place. He's bleeding. What does that mean? I want you to raise your hands up right now. The Bible says your hands and the work of your hands are blessed. From this moment, when you understand it, you need to know everything you touch is blessed. When you go to work, it's blessed. When you do, when you touch your family, it's blessed. When you go to school, it's blessed. When you pick the phone up, it's blessed. Come on. When, when you get in front of your computer, it's blessed. Your work is blessed. Your hands are blessed. Everything you touch is blessed because God's shed His blood, the blessing. Then the fifth place, He bled. See, the priest did it seven times, and Jesus bled in seven places because He's the fulfillment of everything that was a shadow. They pierced His feet with nails, and His feet bled. I have some good news for you. God told Abraham, He said, see, that promised land is yours, and everywhere you put your foot, 
I'm going to give it to you. I'm here to tell you today that your future is obtainable. Your dreams are obtainable. Your prayers are believable. And everywhere you go, you need to realize God has blessed my feet and ordered my steps. And if I put my foot there, it belongs to God. If I walk into my work, it belongs to God. When I walk in my house, it belongs to God. See, the the Israelites marched around Jericho seven times and it fell down. If I were you and you had a bad place, listen, you don't have to pray out loud, speak in tongues and scare everybody to death. But on the inside, in my job, my workplace was full of heathens and unbelievers. I don't know about you, but I'd go in there and on the inside I'm praying, walking around every place I put my foot. I claim this place for the name of Jesus. It belongs to Jesus. Satan, get out of this place. Listen, you may not be able to do it, but once a day, do it for seven days till you get it done. Go out in the yard. Maybe somebody uh, it doesn't want you praying and your family doesn't understand. Again, they don't have to know what you're doing. You and God know what you're doing. Go out in the yard and mow the grass seven times. God, I just think you're right now. Everybody in that house is saved. They're saved. They're saved. Listen, when you go through the neighborhood and you're jogging, jog around the neighborhood seven times. I claim this neighborhood for the Lord. All my neighbors, on that side of the street, on that side of the street, on this side of the street, I claim it for you. When you go to school in the morning, walk down the hall seven times. God, I just thank you for this school. Revival in this school. Outbreak in this school. Everywhere you set your foot. The blessing is there. And what did God do? This isn't random. Do you know in the Hebrew language there is no word for coincidence? You understand that? None. Because it is the plan of God. What's left, Pastor? That's all the bleeding I can think of you did. Oh, two more. Number six. Isaiah prophesied in the 53rd chapter. He said, and he'll be bruised for my iniquities. What are iniquities? Iniquities are sins on the inside. Our carnal nature. Listen to me. The darkest part of your life that you don't want anyone to ever know about. The secret things. The hidden things. That cause you shame and guilt. The carnal nature. The thoughts that harass you. See, and the Bible said that he was bruised to take care of those. Listen. When you're bruised, you don't bleed on the outside. You bleed on the inside. The blood vessels have been broken underneath your skin and they discolor because, cut discolor because you're bleeding on the inside. And this is what he said, that he loves us so much that he looks at the deepest, darkest, worst part of your life. And while they beat him, while they beat him, while they spit on him and they ridiculed him, while the devil thought, He was wrecking his life and ruining your home and destroying you. Every blow that fell from those demon-inspired hands released freedom on the inside of you. That where he was bruised, you can be set free from the darkest, hardest, roughest places of your life. Bruised. So I'm free from my iniquities. Thank you, God. Then, you know... The devil's got brain damage. Do you have you found that out? He's blinded by his wrath and fury. He hates God. And let me tell you something. You think you're his friend? You think he's your partner? You think he's one of your boys? You think he's part of your posse? 
I remember I witnessed to a big old dude one time, caught off a motorcycle. I was witnessing to him. He said, we're going to have a party in hell. I said, yeah, and you're on the menu. I'm going to roast your behind like a pig. You better understand what you're talking about. I mean, he said it, I could say it, right? The devil, blinded by his fury and wrath, thinks, you know, he just doesn't know when to stop. He, he, he doesn't know what to stop. So here's Jesus. He's hanging on a cross. He's dead. He's dead. He's died for us. Six places of blood is shed. The devil should have left well enough alone. He should have just gone on. No, but he can't do that. And see, God takes the idiocy of the devil and he turns it around for something that is greater than you can imagine. So he's hanging there dead, and somebody goes to Pilate. The governor says he's dead. And Pilate and all those boys say, you know, I'm scared of this Jesus guy, man. He has worked us over. And the demons say, he has worked us over. You, you can't stop this guy. I think they were shocked he was dead. And he said, he's dead. He said, how do you? Well, he's dead. He said, all right, well, you go stick a spear in his side. Let's make sure this boy's dead. See? So he's hanging there. He's dead. And they ram a spear right here between his ribs. Something unusual happened because the Bible says blood and water flowed out. See, there's a sack around your heart. God, your, your heart's so vital that He encased it behind your ribs to protect it. And then He buffered it with a sack called the pericardium. It's full of clear fluid. It's like shock absorbers. It, it keeps you alive when, you, when you're in a car wreck and when, when, when people hit you and things happen. It, it protects you. It's clear fluid. And so we understand the clear fluid, but, but why did blood and water flow out when the spear pierced the pericardium? Because you see, with all the things that happened to him, stripes on his back, blood from his brow, hands and feet, thorns, all the things done to him proves it. Now, I don't think any of those things physically killed him. I think what physically killed him and ended his day on the cross is that when God had to lay all of our sins on him, when everything that had ever been wicked that happened in this earth before or after was laid on Him. And to carry that and to love those who were crucifying Him and, and forgive those who were spitting on Him, I believe His heart literally burst inside His chest. And in that sack of fluid, now blood and water had mingled from the rupture of Jesus' heart. And as the spear went in, the water and the blood came out. And what you need to understand today is that his heart was broken. So your broken heart could be healed today. Where everything is broken in your life, Jesus took care of that for us. And you see, so what happened? So on the day of atonement on Yom Kippur, in the old covenant under the law, the priest sprinkled seven times. But for you and I, the new covenant, Jesus bled seven times. In the old covenant, they were good for a year, and their sins were covered. In the new covenant, our sins are gone. They don't exist anymore in the eyes of God. And the blood was shed once for all. And so you need to understand that God lined us up. And the day after Yom Kippur for the Old Testament, they began to celebrate. And you and I walked in this place last Sunday with faith in our heart. And you see, we're getting ready to go into the Feast of Tabernacles, which we're in this week. And He said to them in Deuteronomy, Don't come before the Lord empty-handed. When you bring an offering, it releases the feast. And we did that last Sunday and did not even know about it. You and I walked in and said, God... We trust you. God, we love you. 
We walked right through a new year. We walked right through the blessing. See, everything was blessed. When we said yes to God, those seven blessings have been released on us right now. Now, I didn't preach this last week because somebody would have said, Pastor, trying to buy an offering off of us. See, I said it after the fact. All right? You get that? After the fact. And then what happened when that was done? There was one more animal, a goat. They call him the scapegoat. Isn't it funny how people that don't believe in the Bible or God or atheists use all the terms that are in the Bible? But anyway, so scapegoat. So the priest would go and he lay his hands on the scapegoat and transfer by proxy all the sins and curses of the whole nation on that goat. Then they spank that goat and he runs off in the wilderness, carries away the curses that were on God's people. So what happens? The blessings are put on them. The curses are sent away from them. And they're sealed for another year under the blessing and protection of God. For you and I in Christ, we're sealed from now on under the blessing of God. And the curses are broken off of our life. And we walked into that prophetic significant moment doing just what God had asked us to do. It's an amazing Stunning thing. And then what happens? Listen, when you go into tabernacles, that's where we are right now. You know what that means? The curse of limitation is broken off your life. How many thank God the curse of limitation broken off your life? There's another thing. The curse of delay. Come on. Delay is broken off your life. Because you've lined ourselves up. Alignment. Now let me show you this. Show, I want to see the gate. This year, and I'm going to end with this. It's 5778. It's a little fuzzy. Sorry, that's the best I could get. 5778. What, what is it over a what? Gate or door? Do you know this new year that began in September while we're walking our way through this and God's aligning us? Those numbers represent the year of the open door, the year of the open gate. God put us right on this thing, strategically lined us up. I need, I need four men real quick. Come up, four or six. Come on, guys. Come on, you guys. Come on. Here's two on this side. One, two, arch four. Come on, let's go. Hurry up. Come up here with me. Let's let's get over here. Okay. Come on. We got four. All right, here we go. Four and four. All right. You put your shoulder right here. Line up to him. You line up right next to him, Christian. Okay. And leave me a gap. So here's my door. Right? This this is my wall. Here's my door. So what happens? The year of the open door. The year of this new gate. That God has put in front of us. Do you realize that during these last five weeks, God aligned us with a new door, with an open season? How many are thankful for an open door to bring you in a new season in your life? It's not just random. It's not a coincidence. And then the blessings were sealed. The curses were broken. And God said, I'm taking limitations off. How many received those things? That's huge stuff. But watch this. We have to align. God spoke to us back in January about aligning your life. This is the door God made. You understand that? This is the door. This is what God said. Watch this. I don't get to choose where the door goes. I don't get to choose George Sawyer's door. Watch. If I want to walk through here, I can't get through. I want to get through, but I don't want to go through that door. I want to go through this door. Guess what? God's not going to make a George Sawyer door. He made a Jesus door. God's not going to play my game. I can bump in this wall. I can do all I want to do. But until I align my life with the Word of God, I can't get through the door that He's got in front of me. You understand that? I don't make the door. I just have to line up for it. Now, let's look at my arms. I can't get through there yet. I'm still on this side. There's the new side. So look at my arms over here. I'm still back in no man's land. 
let's say my arms are baggage in my life. Can, can I be real? Sin. Disobedience. Rebellion. Everybody with me? So they're in my life. See them? They're hanging on. They're in my life. Okay. So I want to go through this door. Scoot over a little bit. Just a touch. There you go. So I want to go through this door. Watch. What's keeping me in this old season? Why, why, why can't I get over here? I hear these other people talking about blessed. What's wrong with me? Listen, God's not going to change the door to fit my sin. I'm going to have to change my life to fit God's door. There's no 13 ways. There's one. There's no clauses. There's no exceptions. But God, I don't want to change. I just want... Oh, God, I want to be blessed, but I don't want to change. Like one man told me, Pastor, I don't understand what's wrong. I still haven't got through there yet. I still don't know what's wrong. I said, well, what do you think? He said, well, I just seem like God's not blessing me. I said, well, what's the problem? Watch me, watch me. He said, well, every night before me and my girlfriend go to bed... We pray. Okay, well, let's try that. Me and my girlfriend kneel before we go to bed. I'm being plain, but somebody's got to be plain. And so, God, would you bless us? Why won't God bless us? Wait, wait, you know, we're look, you can even get spiritual. We're in agreement. Yeah, you are in agreement, but it's a wrong agreement. And so, so, so you're saying, I want to, I can't, I can't, I can't get through this thing. What's wrong? Here's what I got to do. Here's my stuff. Oh, you could even get a little religious with your stuff. So here's my stuff. So I can come to church and fake you out and hold on to my stuff. I just put it up in the air. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. It looks all right, but it's still junk. You don't need it. Everybody with me? You got your stuff. We, we get religious with it. Oh, hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Listen, you can dress your stuff up. You can call your stuff whatever you want to call your stuff. You can say, I was born with this stuff. You can say, if my family had this stuff. You can say, it's not my fault. My second grade teacher frowned at me stuff. You can say, I'm a victim. You can say, there's no way out. You can say, it's not my fault. But as long as you got your stuff, you're on the wrong side of an open door. But the moment I say, God, watch this. I'm sorry. God, I repent. I get to step into a brand new door on my life. No, I don't know what you hold on to back here. But there's nothing back here that will bless you like those seven blessings, like the curse is gone, like the limitations move, like delay out of your life. I don't know about you, but if there's anything holding me here in Jesus' name, I say yes to God. I let go of this, and I want to walk into the new season in my life. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Am I making it plain? See, your yes to God, I'm going to tell you. See, I did this after the fact. I didn't do it last week. I did this this week. I didn't know about it last week. I just got this week. I've been going, oh, I've had, a, I've had one of those wow weeks. You ever one of those wow weeks? I'm reading where, wow, God, wow, oh, wow. And I, wow, I didn't think about that. Wow, God, wow. Uh, you know, I, I, Phyllis thinks I've been crazy this week. I just walk around the house going, oh, wow. Dude, whoa, I didn't think. God, where? Oh, oh, God, where did that come from? I didn't think about that. Then I turn on the, the, the television, and, and there they are, sitting on television on, on, on Daystar. This is the year they go through this whole thing. I said, that's it. I tell you. Why didn't somebody tell me about this before now? Because you know what? God got us here without us consciously lining up. He put us here because we said yes to Him. Now, you know, 
I'm, I'm not taking an offering up now. But, but if I hadn't, if, if you didn't do this yet, I'd do it. So we've got 241, you're only praying for 180. No, no, no. Evidently, more people needed help than we thought. You understand that? Every one of those $241,000 has a soul's name on it. How can I show you? Let's look at this. You can't earn your salvation. You can't earn the blessings of God. But just like that door, you can align yourself or not align yourself. So right now, look where we are. The timing God brought us through. I'm stunned. We wrestled. Should we do this at the first of the year? Should we do this right now? Look at God. This We did it perfectly on time. Well, watch this. It's like a window of opportunity. See, that window's coming like this. And right now, it's right over us. And we said yes, right there in that moment. New year, open door. Atonement, blessings released, curses broken. Tabernacles and all the limitations off. So, so watch. Here, here, here it's coming. We didn't see it coming. We're just working down here. So you're trying to do God. Here it comes. God's laughing at us. He's coming. We're working, 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 working on October 1. Woo! There it went, right there on time. But watch this. It's still going. You with me? See, this, this window he put over us, we were right on time. That means your blessing is double because of what you did. Somebody say double. My, my, double. But watch the window. What's it doing? Three months from now, that window's not over us anymore. You understand that? This moment of anointed alignment is now. It wasn't six months ago. And it's not three months from now. We did it right when God ordained His time. And I'm going to tell you, I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't take one cotton-picking piece of credit for it. God did it. I want you to stand with me, and I want Pastor Joy and our guys to come. I want to do something very important. Don't leave. You're, you're, this is so early for Calvary time. It's almost, I don't know, it's like still yesterday or something. We're, so just stay where you are. All right, here's what I want to do. I want to give you an opportunity to do something. Edward, I want you and, and uh, Bart to stand. I want you to make a door. You're the doorpost. Come forward. Turn around, face the other way. Okay, leave, oh, that's good. Leave some room. Okay, Christian. Come on, Pastor Emilio. Come on. You, you got somebody else? Come on, Christian. Right. Make. Turn that way. Make a door. All right. There's a the door. You. Everybody's not that thin. All right, give me two doorposts right here. I need two guys. Quick, 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 quick. All right, come on. Thank you, Mary. Come on, Larry. All right, here's my doors. Good. It's kind of just like them, about the same place. All right, I need them over here. Come on. Here's two. Pastor Adrian, all right. Did I, you guys make a door there? I, I need one more over here. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Who are my guys? Come on, Joe. Come on. Come on. Good. See, kind of the same way right here like this. Face, face that aisle. See that aisle? You're a door for that aisle. Okay, see that? All right, good. Okay, everybody's not that thin. All right, good. You're not that person. I just want to clog the doors up. Here's what I want you to see. You know, listen, there's nothing magic about right up here in the front of this church. Do you understand that? And, 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 but it's according to your faith, so be it. And what I want you to see is that there's two things that we want to do. Now, let me tell you something. You know what we miss in church all the time? Celebrating. We ought to be the happiest, most joyful, celebrating people on the planet. Do you understand that? We should show the party people how to have a party. I'm telling you. We, we, we don't get it. They got nothing to party about. You know all the parties you went to. You gotta, they make you pay to get in the club. 
Then you got to pay for overpriced watered-down booze. Don't shout me down. Or you go over to the crack house and the only one cracked is you. Come on. Don't, don't, don't look at me weird. And then, and then you go spend all your money and you get up the next morning and you're broken. You got a hangover and you call that fun. Come on. Don't look at me like I fell off the moon. You know what I'm talking about? If you don't, I'm glad. Good. But I'm going to tell you, we, we, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Seven blessings have been put on us. The curse has been taken off of us. We're sealed. The devil can't get through it. Limitation is gone. Delay is gone. You know what? In the first service, listen, this is so God. I I had planned on that seven times around thing, but I did it. And there's a young man in the first service who just got saved this week. And his friend from Calvary that led him to the Lord had him here. And his marriage is struggling. It's hanging in the balance. But I believe God's going to do something. And his friend told him, said, you know what you need to do? This last week, he said, you need to understand by faith. Go walk around your house seven times and pray. Then he comes in here and I said, go walk around your house seven times. I said, you think God's speaking? He goes, I think he was. I think he... One of our families did a kingdom... Builder pledge last week. Just said, God, shaking in my boots. I'm a business owner, and I don't have guaranteed income. It just if it comes enough. And you know what? He did this. And yesterday, his daughter gets a letter in the mail from her college with an eight thousand dollar scholarship she just got already. I had another family come up to me at the end of the first service and say, Pastor, we were broke. We were losing everything. We've started tithing and doing what God said three years ago. They said, we gave the kingdom builders. We are $1,500 from being out of debt in every area of our life. And three years ago, we were going to lose everything. So here's the two things. that If I were you, in fact... I'm going to do it too because I don't want to miss anything on my part of this. Here's what you and I need to do. The first thing is, I, I would look at my life and say, God, if there's anything keeping me from entering in to this open door, this new season, God, I repent. I let go of it. Listen, if, if, if they got a name, let them go. If it's got a name, let it go. Listen, is unforgiveness and bitterness worth missing Everything you're lined up to receive right now. God lined you up for this. Don't say tomorrow. No, no. God lined you up for this. Let go of it. Repent and let go. The second thing is I want you to begin to celebrate. You know, I'm fine, you know, within limits. (laughs) I dance my way through this door. I shout my way through this door. You understand? According to your faith, so be it. If you believe, oh, this is a cute little service, and yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, this is not about your money. It's about your family. It's about your marriage. It's about your health. It's about your life. It's about peace where you've been troubled. It's like freedom where you've been bound. It's this thing you've been searching for. Another person, another person, another person. Another job, another job, another job, another house, another house, another car, another car. No, what you need is Jesus. I'd celebrate that. I found the one I've looked for. I received these blessings on my life. 
I receive His blessing. I celebrate the blessing. They had to call an eight-day party in Israel after the two feasts we just went through and just praise and pray and celebrate and eat and bless and shout to God. Somebody ought to get happy in this place right now. You know what? I'm not being sensational. I'm telling you the truth. In my spirit, man, you know that inside, the real man. Are you with me? I hear the sound of feet of your family coming back to Christ right now. I hear sons and daughters coming in. My God. I hear them coming in. Oh, I, I just, I, I wish, I, you, you, I, I just saw a flash of a man you never thought you'd see on his knees praying right now. God's going to change his life. Oh, man. I'd celebrate. I'd celebrate. I'd celebrate if I was you.